Good to be in the house of God this morning. I, uh, I enjoy Braxton's enthusiasm. I do. He runs up here, and uh, he's not just excited to get up here and be a part of that, but when he closes his eyes, he's not just, he's, <laughs> he really wants to pray. He, want, he wants to be part of it. You know, uh, it's good to know that children uh, want to be a part of the service. It, yes, it, it does, it should do your heart joy. I mean, it should, it should give you some, some pride to see some children come up and, and want to be a part of service. You know, that's, some people say that's the church tomorrow. That's really the church of today. Uh, I'm glad that uh, it's, it's enjoyable uh, when somebody, a little child runs up and does that. He does that every Sunday. He just, he prays hard now. Yeah. I wonder how many of us need to pray just as Arch Braxton's praying when he gets up here and takes up that offering. But uh, if you have your Bibles, uh, we'll be in the book of Joshua uh, this morning. The book of Joshua, uh, chapter 1 is what we'll be at this morning. Uh, the book of Joshua, chapter 1. This will be a lifesaver for me this morning. Uh, Joshua chapter 1, and when you uh, get to Joshua chapter 1, verse 1, if you would, if you can, uh, please stand this morning to pay reverence to the reading of the Word of God. Joshua uh, chapter 1, verse 1. Word of God says this, it says, Now after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, thou and all this people, unto the land which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you, as I said unto Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, even unto the greatest river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, unto the great sea toward the going down of the sun, shall be your coast. And there shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Be strong and of good courage, for unto this people shalt thou divide for an inheritance the land which I swear unto their fathers to give them. Only be thou strong and very courageous, that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Have not I commanded thee, be strong and of good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee whithersoever thou goest. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for letting us come together here this morning. Lord, I pray that you'll just bless this service. Lord, I thank you for the Sunday school time that we've had, the study that we've had, and the Lord, the, the, the presence of your Holy Spirit that's already with us. Lord, I, I pray that we can obey you in all things. I pray that you'll take this uh, scripture, Lord Father, you've impressed upon our hearts and uh, just continue to use it in a mighty way. Uh, uh, use the studies that we had this week, Lord, not, not to exalt me, Lord Father, to exalt you, Lord. Hide us behind the cross this morning as, as a sinful person with sinful lips, Lord, that we may be able to exalt you in due time. In Jesus' name I ask, amen. You can be uh, seated this morning now in the book of Joshua chapter 1. Uh, we start off uh, pretty much to understand now after the death of Moses. Now, 
uh, Moses has passed away. Uh, Moses has uh, uh, died. Moses has been buried, and kind of his body has been hidden from the children of Israel. Uh, but we have uh, somebody else that pops up on the scene here, which is this is the book of Joshua. Uh, but to understand who Joshua is, you'd have to back up to the first place uh, that he appears in the Bible, and that's in Exodus chapter 17. In Exodus chapter 17, uh, we understand that Moses looks to Joshua and he tells him, he says, go out and divide the people. Uh, go out and get them ready. We're going to go fight Amalek. And he puts a band of people together and they fight Amalek. And if you know the story that Aaron, uh, uh, Moses, and Hur went up on a mountainside to fight Amalek. And every time that uh, Moses held up the rod of God, uh, uh, what happened? God's people defeated Amalek. And every time that his hands went down. And, and that's a wonderful story. That's the first battle, uh, the first time the name Joshua is mentioned in Scripture. Uh, the next time that we understand who uh, Joshua is, uh, is in Exodus 24. Exodus 24 tells us that Joshua is the minister to Moses. And now this is before the law was given. Uh, this is before all the wonderful things of, of going out into the wilderness and all, the, <coughs> all the, the, the blessings. Now, 40 years in the wilderness was tough, but there was a lot of blessings and, and Joshua got to be a part and see every one of them. So 40 years... Joshua was Moses' minister. Uh, for 40 years, just think about this for a minute, 40 years, uh, uh, Joshua followed Moses around and you never see in any time of Scripture that I could ever find uh, where Joshua complained or where Joshua didn't like Moses' thoughts. Uh, he didn't like what God had instructed them to do. Uh, you never see Joshua turn from any instruction that Moses gave. Joshua was what? He was faithful for 40 years following Moses through the wilderness. Now, that's something hard for us to understand. Uh, he was pretty much on the back burner uh, for 40 years following Moses around. He accepted what he said. He accepted everything that was going on. Uh, he was faithful and as he was the assistant to Moses. He may have been on the back burner, but he never complained. And he went through all these things. It says now that Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that he was dead. And that the Lord spake unto Joshua. Now, I, I, I couldn't find it. There may, there may be some other place that, that God speaks to Joshua here, but I'd like to think this is kind of the first place uh, that God literally spoke to Joshua. Moses dies, and then God turns to Joshua. Yeah. And he, say, he speaks to him. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise. It says, go over this Jordan. Thou and all this people. Now I'd like to think that Joshua at a certain point of 40 years following Moses uh, that he got a lot like us today. And he did. I, I'd like to use one word that I believe that Joshua was up until this point to help you realize probably maybe where you're at uh, following Jesus Christ. I believe that Joshua was content. I think he was. I think that Joshua was very accustomed to what he had done. For 40 years, he had done the works of Moses. Think about so many times we help people. We have jobs for a long amount of times. We're in marriages sometimes for a long time. Even with our marriage, with our jobs, we get content. In the church house, you may have been a part of this church for years and years. I don't know each and every one of you or how long you've been here. But so many of us, we become content 
and what God is doing in our lives. No doubt, Joshua was serving 40 years. I believe there was a little bit of contention. He was content with what he was. He was happy with what he was doing. I'd like to think that Joshua seen Moses growing old, and I don't believe at one point, I just don't believe that Joshua said, I'm going to follow Moses. I'm going to pick up his mantle when he dies and do exactly everything Moses is doing. He was sort of a helper to him. He was somebody that helped him, meditated with him, prayed with him, continued to help him and talk and be friends with him. He was content. I, no doubt. So many of us, I believe that we've been in church long enough, we've been a Christian long enough, we get content. Yeah. We sort of just get comfortable. Now jo- Joshua, I believe, was comfortable. It doesn't say that. I'm preaching a little Zach Stone to you. But it's okay. He was content. Then God spoke to him and said, Moses is dead. Now therefore, arise and go over this Jordan, thou and all this people. What was that verse 2 uh, uh, symbolizing to Joshua? He says, arise and go over Jordan. Now, so many ways he speaks to Joshua, he says, now you need to stop living the life that we've been living for 40 years. At this point, Joshua, you need to leave everything you've got. You need to give up on your comfortableness, stop being content. You are listening to enter into a place that is completely different. You're not going to have it easy. You need to arise, go over Jordan, leave this wilderness, and enter into the promised land. It's time for you to enter into Canaan. Now, how many times uh, have you been spoke to by God? Now, have you been shown by God that you've been led by God to do things, uh, to get a little out of your comfort zone, uh, for you to stop being content in the church house and go out and do something a little different? Uh, go out and, and serve the Lord a little bit differently. And, and so many times we meet it with resistance. We say, Lord, uh, we can't do that. Lord, we can't. And you never see Joshua. God speaks to him and he tells him to do it. And you do not see Joshua say, we can't do that, Lord. We've been here 40 years. And we like it just like it is in the wilderness. Lord, we know that we ain't in the place you promised us. Lord, we know that the Spirit of God can't be with us the way it should be because we sinned and we didn't enter the promised land. But we're real content where we are. Joshua did not say that. And what happened? It tells him to go, leave this troublesome place, embrace what I have prepared for you. He even highlights the boundaries. Praise the Lord. What does it say? It says, Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have, have I given unto you as I said unto Moses. Praise the Lord. Everything that you place your foot upon, I'm going to give it to you. Go over Jordan. Get out of your comfort zone. Go over there. And from the wilderness that's Lebanon, even unto the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, unto the great sea, toward the going down of the sun shall be your coast. As far as you're going to be able to see, I'm going to give you what I promised Moses. I'm going to give you everything that you've been waiting on. For 40 years, you may be content where you are, but I've got better things waiting for you if you'll go and cross over Jordan. Ain't that good to know that God promises us so many times that if we'll just get up, stop being content, stop being okay with how everything is, and strive forward, that things will get better? 
Now, the people had been walking through the wilderness, and it had been tough. Now, I could preach that all day long. How many of us have studied some of the bad things that happened to them in the wilderness and some of the blessings that happened to them in the wilderness? Now, I don't understand the clothing, but it says their clothing was just perfect the whole time. Now, I don't know if they had enough cattle and all this different stuff to make clothing, but it says that they never run out of clothing. Their clothing were perfect for 40 years. And we understand there's stories of snakes going through, biting folks and killing people when they turn on old Moses. We understand that they cried out for manna and God gave them manna. They got tired of manna like a bunch of whiny babies and God sent them quail to eat too. And there was wonderful blessings there. I'd like to say that they they got content. But God said to go cross over Jordan. Take what I'm giving you. It's so clear to to, to Joshua to see this. He says in verse 5, There shall not be any man be able to stand before thee. Praise the Lord. There shall not be any man be able to stand before thee. God promises what? He promises to protect him. He promises to protect him the same way he protected Moses. He said, No, shall stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Praise the Lord. God tells him he won't fail him. He won't forsake him. He will not leave him. He loves him. He's going to be with him all the way. Now, to understand a little bit about what he says in verse 5, there shall not be any man be able to stand before thee. That's also an insinuation that somebody's going to try. <laughs> Y'all understand that? It says nobody will be able to stand before thee. That's an insinuation that somebody's going to try to stand before him. So he is going to face battles. He is going to face hard times. He is going to have to go to war with people. But God's going to bless him. Think about this. The content Joshua, happy-go-lucky, everything's okay. He's the minister to Moses. God comes to him and says, go, arise, cross over Jordan. Moses is dead. You're going to inherit everything that you can see as far as the eye can see. Wherever your foot touches, that land shall be yours. I'm going to be with you the same as I was with Moses. People are going to rise up and fight you, but guess what? I am with you and you're going to win. My goodness, (laughs) what a promise. He commissioned Joshua in verses 1 through 5. 1 through 5, you find the commission of Joshua. And I'm going to get to it in a minute, but it ain't no different than the commission you got. But he commissioned Joshua and told him that what he should do, the simple thing that he should do, really. In verse 6, we change from a commission of what God told him, what God charged him with, what God told him he was going to get. But you understand a little bit about how God works. God just doesn't give you everything. That's not how God works. God just doesn't say, you ask for something, I'm just going to give it to you. God doesn't say, you go down the road and start a fight with somebody, I'm going to help you win the fight. It doesn't say that in the Word of God. Now, verses 6 through 9 give us a beautiful picture of what God expects out of Joshua. God told him, He gave him these promises, He told him He'd give him every piece of property He stepped upon, He he would be with him all the way, lots of promises, good promises. He gets to 6 through 9, and He lays down a little bit of a ground rule for him. He says, Be strong and of good courage. He begins to tell him something 
that each and every one of us need to really hold on to. Be strong and of good courage. Joshua was content, but God wanted to give him courage. We need to go from being content to being courageous. We need to go from being happy with whatever everything's going to wanting more. To wanting to see the Spirit move more. To want to see more people saved. To see, we want to see more people in the house of God. We want to see our families accept Christ. We want to see all these things. And so did Joshua. Joshua, no doubt, wanted to inherit the promised land. No doubt, when Joshua heard this from God, he said to himself, My goodness, uh, this thing I have been waiting 40 years for, God's giving it to me. Hey, today the church is standing around and we're waiting on God to give us something. And we have clear direction on what to do do, but we don't do what Joshua did. We don't cross the Jordan. What happened here? He told him to be strong and courageous. That's something we miss in the church house. We miss people that are strong. We miss people that are courageous. If you read verses 6, six through 9, you know how many times it says be, be strong and be courageous? Three times. It wasn't something he said, just happenstance. God didn't say it. Well, you need to be strong and be courageous. No, he says it a whole bunch of times. Be strong and be courageous. In verse 7, only be thou strong and very courageous. There it is again. It says that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded thee, not to turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. What does it say there? It says don't depart from the Word of God that I've given you. Don't turn to the left when it's right in front of you. Don't turn to the right when it's right in front of you. You pay attention to the law. You pay attention to the Word of God that I've given you. Verse 8 says, This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein for then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Now he promised him success. He promised him that no man should be able to stand against thee. But he gets to this part in verse 8 where it says, You'll have success if you meditate and think on my word. It shows us that how Joshua is going to get strength, how Joshua is going to get courage, it's not just because of him being boastful, it's not because of Joshua having power, it's because the Word of God meditating in his heart. The law that had been given, the instructions that God had given, has to be right here in his heart. That's the only way that he's going to get those things. It all points to meditation on God's Word. Joshua, if you want strength, you better think about what I've said. Joshua, if you want courage, you better remember what I said in the law. Joshua, if you want to lead these people and do it right, if you want no man to be able to stand against thee, meditate on the Word. Think about the Word. Study the Word. I can't... can't, we, We cannot study this thing enough. We cannot read it enough. We cannot preach it enough. We cannot pray enough. Hey, the Word of God shows us that we have to have those things in our life, that we have to have the Word of God if we want to be able to do anything. And it starts right here with Joshua, even in the Old Testament. If you want to succeed, hold on to the Word. You say, Zach, they didn't tell that in the, 
in the Garden of Eden. Well, guess what? They didn't have the Word of God in the Garden of Eden. Well, Zach, they didn't say that uh, when there was Exodus out of uh, Egypt. Well, they didn't have the Word of God when they left Egypt. At this point, we have some Scripture, we have some law, and we have Moses pinning all these books before we get to the book of Joshua. Moses has written some things down that you need to hold on to, Joshua. There's been some men before us for so many thousands of years who's wrote some things down we need to meditate on, that we need to think about. So many times I've heard preachers preach, and I end up a lot of times in the Old Testament. Sometimes I just can't help it. There's some just good stuff in there. But they say, well, you know, we don't need that Old Testament no more. We've got the New Testament. And I agree with that wholeheartedly. But, we, you know, we've got some things in that Old Testament that shows us the New Testament. We've got some things there, some instructions, some law, some love, some leading, some faith, uh, some God being with us. We've got to hold on to that Old Testament. We've got to hold on to these old books. You know, God shows His perfect will all the way through this thing. He shows us a, a sacrifice that was not enough in the Old Testament, in the New Testament. He says that the blood of bulls and calves could never wash away the, uh, the, the problems of the sins of man. It says we have a true sacrifice, a priestly sacrifice. We have a living sacrifice is what the New Testament... I'm so glad that we've got this uh, to help us understand what we've got to be now. Yes, the first appearing of Word of God when Joshua took over was to pick up the Word of God. Pick it up. You know, it goes that way all the way to the end. It promises us, even in the book of Revelation, it promises us to be blessed by reading that book. I'm glad that we've got blessings that will pour out on us if we'll just read what this old book says. If you want to be strong, you want to be courageous, you want to have a witness about you that you can't understand why you can do the things that you do, it comes from the Word of God. Yes, sir. Now, in Joshua 1.9, which is the last verse that we read, it says this, Have not I commanded thee? Be strong and of good courage. It shows up that third time. It says, Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest. That verse there isn't the, it's the last of the Scripture this morning, but it's not the least. I'm glad that when it says that God is with him, he means it. God's with him from the beginning. God's going to be with him all the way to the end. He says that I will be with you, be of good courage, be, of, be strong. I am with you. And I'll be with you wherever you go. Now, reading the book of Joshua, and it starts off and it gives Joshua this, this uh, we'll call it a mantle, We'll give it a job that, that, that Joshua's got. Why, how are we any different? Church, how are we any different as we've all become ministers of the grace of Jesus Christ? You can, I, I'll give you some scripture of that later if you want it. We all have a job. We all have a ministry that we do. Now Joshua's given as a minister of Moses. He's now leading the children of Israel. Now how are we any different than what Joshua is? We should be just like Joshua. We should be somebody that when God speaks to us, we do them. We study our Word. Now, how, you look at that and you say, well, what did Joshua accomplish? <laughs> you know what Joshua did? He told the, the priest to go out there and pick up the Ark of the Covenant and to pick it up and step out into the Jordan River. And what happened when the priest stepped out into the Jordan River with the Ark of the Covenant? It says that the Jordan River divided right up, dry land, and the children of Israel crossed the Jordan River. 
And when they got across the Jordan River, it says they picked up 12 stones. They set them up in the river as a memorial. They picked up 12 more stones. They set them up on the river bank as a memorial. If you read the book and you understand where Elijah is taking his mantle over to Elisha, he walks them by that old pile of rocks. He shows them where people crossed over the Jordan River. He shows them this wonderful thing that Joshua did with these people. He reestablished the circumcision about one chapter over. He set up God. God's people the way God's people was supposed to be set up. What else did he do? He took that old Ark of the Covenant after the circumcision and he took up a band of people. He walked around the walls of Jericho, praise the Lord. And what happened to the walls of Jericho? After a week, they took out and they blew the trumpets. The walls came down. There was a great shout. And why is this? It wasn't because of Joshua. It wasn't because of the Ark of the Covenant. It was because they were doing what God told them to do. If they would have done it any other way, if they would have walked the other direction around that city, the walls wouldn't have come down. If they would have skipped a day of walking around the walls of the city, it wouldn't have come. If they wouldn't have blew the trumpet and shouted, the walls would still have stood. What happened with Joshua was he took and he became courageous. He was a man that went into God's country, into the land of Canaan, and he took God for His Word, and we need to take God for what He says. He will bless us. He will give us what we stand in need of. He will continually be with us. He'll never leave us. Why are we afraid to serve God? Why are we afraid to witness for God? Why are we afraid to sing for God? He's always with us. Why are we so upset when God asks us to do something? (laughs) I've been there. He said, Lord, I can't do that. Lord, I, I, I can't go there and preach. Some people don't even know me. Lord, I, I can't do this. I can't witness that person. They'll think I'm crazy. Come on, bro. If I'd have been like Joshua my whole life, I don't understand the blessings that God would have poured out on me. I don't. If we would be a little more like Joshua, and where we go from content to courageous, where we go from laid back to going after it, where we go from being happy-go-lucky and everything's good to saying people need to be saved and we better get after it. Yes, sir. Joshua, my goodness. They, walked, they tore down the walls of Jericho just by walking around it. Yes. My goodness, that's how good God is. You know, after they de- defeated Jericho, they went to a country called Ai and they lost. Right. They found sin in the camp that Achan had took of the of the certain things and hid it in his tent. What happened? They took Achan out and they stoned everybody, killed him, killed his whole family, killed his cattle, burned his tent. Didn't even want nothing that Achan left in that place. So, Zach, that sounds pretty severe. I'm glad that when Joshua took over, it was serious. It wasn't no wishy-washy. God said to take care of this. God said to t- t- get rid of it. God said to get it out of the camp and to burn it. He killed him. And what happened with Ai? They went back and they took over that place and they destroyed it. They continued domination through the promised land. They made one more mistake, but they continued domination. Why? It wasn't because he was content. You don't take over certain things being content. You don't see churches just thrive because everybody's, well, I'm happy with the way it is. You don't see a a revival break out when everybody says, well, uh, I'm pretty happy with the way everything's going. You don't see a, a husband and wife's relationships get better because I say, well, I guess she's happy or he's happy. 
I, maybe I'll help y'all understand. <laughs> we don't say that friendship is going to get better because we never talk to them. We don't say those things. We don't say the car is going to fix itself. The car won't. Relationships won't. The church won't. There has to be people that stop being content and become courageous and start doing what God wants. That's when the church house changes. That's when people change. That's when we go from being a, a set into, <laughs> staying the same way to thriving. The children of Israel had walked through that old place, wilderness, for 40 years. It was time for a change. And it wasn't just because Joshua stepped in. It could have been anybody. It could have been any man that God appointed to step in. It wasn't just because of Joshua or his eloquent speaking. It wasn't because of Joshua and who he had set up. It was because God was with him. God promised them. And they did what they, God said. I want you to realize we started off in the beginning of this chapter understanding that Joshua was faithful. Yeah. Matthew chapter 25, verse 21 says, Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things in the parable of the talents. I'm glad that Jesus asked us to be faithful. He didn't just expect it out of Joshua. He expects it out of us. He expects His people to be faithful. Another thing that we see in Joshua chapter, chapter 1 verse 5 is we see that God promises that He will be with Him. And what does it say in 2 Thessalonians 3, 3? But the Lord is faithful who shall establish you and keep you from evil. And in 1 Peter for 12 says, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened to you. And he was promised battles. He was promised conflicts. And I'm glad he was promised he'll never leave him nor forsake him, just as Jesus did to us. We have a promise that he'll be with us. We have a promise we'll face hard times. But praise the Lord, we have a promise that even though we're going to face hard times, he's with us. Same promise Joshua got. I'm glad that we see a promise that Joshua got, and it's the same promise we got. Amen. It says in 2 Corinthians 12, verses 9 through 10, it says, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my grace is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distress, for Christ's sake. And I want you to realize what it says... At the end of that verse, it says, For when I am weak, <laughs> then am I strong. Yes, sir. For when I am weak, I am strong. He told him to meditate on his word, and that's what that piece of scripture tells us to do too. Think about what God has promised us. Yes, Joshua was pointed to meditate on the word, and I'm glad that we're told that our, his, my grace, your grace is sufficient for me. It'll bring me through all those things, and when I am weak, I am strong. Amen. That's pretty much the same thing he told Joshua. When you get down, I'm with you. When you get tired, I'm there. When everything seems to be going against you, I'll always be able to be there and bless you. It says in Joshua 1.9, we understand that he's going to be with him. He says, let your conversation, Hebrews 13.5, let your conversation be without covenants and be content with such things as you have. For he has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Same promises, church. The same promises that Joshua, a man that commanded the priest to pick up that Ark of the Covenant and cross over, over Jordan. Yes, sir. Inherit the Canaan land. I want you to know the same Joshua that did all those wonderful things I done said. It's the same promise that he got that you got. Yes, 
I don't understand why we are content. <laughs> I don't understand why the church has to get, I'll, say, I'll use the word happy, happy with where they're at. A lot of churches, you know, they get kind of happy, they get content, they say, well, well, it's just the way we've always done things. That's one of the most scary things to hear in business. If I hear that at work, I, I say, well, <laughs> I don't care if we've always done it that way. There can be better ways. <laughs> I'm glad that we're always working toward the same goal. Sometimes we've got different ways to get there, but we've got the same goal as a church has today, and that is to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. That is to profess His goodness. That's to tell people the good news of the gospel, that somebody died for them, that loved them enough, they laid down their life on a cruel, rugged cross at Calvary, at the hill of the skull, they laid down His life, and He died for you. Amen. That's the good news of the gospel, church. Yes, sir. That's something we ought to... Get a little smile on her face. Say, yeah, uh, praise the Lord. Uh, hey, stop being content. Be courageous. Uh, uh, be fired up for God. <laughs> Say, my goodness, He's done little things for me. Yes, sir. I can do some for Him. Yes, sir. He's done so much for me. I can do those things for Him. 1 John 4, 4, so you are of God, little children, have overcome them. I'll ask him to get a verse of some song ready this morning as I read the Scripture. 1 John 4, For we are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is He that is in you than that is in the world. Today, church, we have something much, much better that is in you and is in anything you'll face out in this world. Joshua was told that he would be with him. In the New Testament, we're told that he will be with us. He'll never leave us nor forsake us in Hebrews 13, 5. I'm glad that he is with us wherever we go. We have something much more powerful than anything you're ever going to face. Remember, courage is crucial to sharing the faith, to teaching about Jesus. Jesus told us it wouldn't be easy and there would be resistance. Remember that, church. He told us it wasn't going to be easy. Yes, sir. He told us we would face resistance. He told us He would put a sword, a sword in the family between a mama and a daughter, between a son and a daddy. There would be problems. But I'm glad He told us that He will not fail us. Let's not fail Him. Church today, He told us that He would not fail us. Amen. Let's not fail Him. Let's stop being content Stop being courageous. Let's stop being happy with how everything's going. And if you want to do something different, hit your knees in an altar this morning. If you want to see people saved, if you want to see people on fire for God, if we want to stop being content, it tells us to meditate on His Word. Trust what He says. Be courageous today. How can we be different? I know there's a lot of times I've been content. A lot of times I've said, well, I'll just let that go. I let that go this Sunday. Yeah. And I've had weeks that I said, I'll, I'll let this go. That somebody says something to me. I'm glad that with Jesus on my side, yeah. I don't have to be content anymore. Right. I'm glad He's with me. As the Bible says, I need to be courageous. Yeah. I need to stand in the gap. As it says in the book of Isaiah, they're looking for somebody to stand in the gap. And Isaiah said, here am I. Send me. Yeah, I'll stand in the gap. Can we be that person that has the courage to stand up and say, Lord, I'll pray for you. Lord, I'll go to an altar and pray for you. Lord, I'll hold hands. I'll hold people when they're crying. Lord, I don't care how embarrassing it looks to a world. I will go and stand in the gap and be courageous. Yes, sir. As we stand and sing, what page you got? 